Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast, version 266, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained, people. Oh, we got a lot to get into as I record this from high atop a hotel room overlooking downtown Atlanta here this Look afternoon. Look at you. Look at you. You know, you don't get to pick your room when you check into a hotel. So when I was told I was on the 22nd floor, I was like, this might be kind of badass. And I have a really nice view. I got to say. Do you now? I do because I can see downtown Atlanta, but I can also see the rolling foothills of the Smoky Mountains coming down as well, which is kind of neat because I'm, I'm on the 22nd floor. There's only 28 floors in the whole hotel. It's kind of awesome. Dude, I like it. I like it. I like it. It's also kind of awesome when you have a car accident and the green team takes you on as a client. Robert Greening. <laughs> that Greening Law, man. You guys know I was hurt in a car accident. It was not a fun experience for me. And literally that next Monday, what I do? I called Robert Greening. I told him what happened to me. He's like, you got a case. And they've been working with me for over a year now taking care of all those insurance headaches for me. They are the fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Doing all that for me, why? So truly, I get to focus on healing and renewal. Dude, and think about grinning law, man. It's all you got to do is pick up the phone and tell them your situation. That's all you got to do, man. Pick up the phone, tell them your situation, and they bring you on as a client, I got to tell you. It's been a lucky day for you, man. Lucky day for you. 972-934-8900. That's the number. Y'all should know it by now. 972-934-8900. Call them if you've been in an accident. You got hurt at work. You got hurt, you know, out at your grocery store at some business at your friend's house. Give them a call and just see what your options are. Yeah, make it happen. It's very easy to do. And again, that consultation's free. It costs you nothing to find out. 972-934-8900. Robert Greening. Call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. Oh, these Dallas Cowboys. I can't believe it. You know, I was looking at and I knew that it was coming. I mean, we obviously all know that the Cowboys go to training camp at the end of July every year. It doesn't change. But it's, it's just so crazy to me that it's basically here. It's happening next week. <laughs> they open in, but by the time all of you listen to this on July 20th, camp opens July 27th, one week from right now, the Dallas Whoa. Cowboys 2022 season really officially begins. Dude, it's here, baby. Get ready for the ups and downs and the frustrations and all of that. And man, it just, I mean, it's, I just, it's crazy how quick it happens. I mean, it's just nuts that one week away, the Cowboys open training camp in Oxnard and everybody will be out there ready to go. And all eyes and articles will be written and on Dakota Prescott. Because Dak Prescott, and you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit, but you had an article that dropped today in the Dallas Morning News. And it's one of those things that I think people are going to start to realize as we go through training camp. But this is Dak's time. He's going into his seventh NFL season, and now as we embark on this season, perhaps more than ever, this season's going to be about Dak. The Cowboys will go as far as Dak Prescott can take them. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's going to discourage some folks who are Dak haters, and uh, it'll encourage some other folks. But I think it's a fascinating year for Dak because, to me, 
this is the first time since like 2017, 2018, parts of those seasons where Dak has to carry the bulk of the offense. You know, this first his rookie year, Zeke was carrying the bulk. You know, and then Amari Cooper came and the receivers were really good. And so the receivers and Zeke kind of carried the offense along with the offensive line when it was really good for that year or two. Well, now Dak to me is the guy. And um, they, he's got good receivers, not great receivers. He's got good running backs, not great running backs. And if they're going to do anything, then it's about Dak playing at the highest possible level, you know, more times than not. Yeah, and, you know, you break it down. And, and this was something that really you had originally thrown out on the radio when we were doing the radio show a few years ago. And it's the chapters of Dak. And he's in the middle of a book. We don't know how this book is going to end. All we know is that he is in the middle of this thing right now. And you look at the different chapters that he has gone through, and really this is the first time in his career where some of the things that you were just talking about are going to be true, where you look at this offense, and I think we all like CeeDee Lamb a lot. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. Some of us still think that Zeke can do some things. A lot of people like Tony Pollard, but the reality of it is, if I asked you who the best player on this offense is, some people would say Tony Pollard because everybody's high on Tony Pollard, whatever. But I think reality of it is, if you're you're honestly answering that question, you probably would say it's Dak Prescott. No, you'd have to, bro, if if you're going to be honest with it in terms of what he's proven, what he can do, um, who is the offense built around. It's Dak Prescott this year. And I don't know that it's been that way in the past. Going into the season, I mean, because in in years past – most of the focus had been on going out and getting the number one wide receiver. It's Amari Cooper. Oh, it's it's Zeke Elliott. What's he going to bring? It's this collective group of offensive linemen. Like, this offensive line is so good. Well, now Dak has to do it like we've talked about, and we've spent a lot of time talking about the depth of this offense, the lack of depth at the receiver position. I mean, there's a hope and a prayer out there, man. I mean, quite honestly, it's CeeDee Lamb and a hope and a prayer that Michael Gallup isn't in, – in, can come back and be Michael Gallup. Yes, yes, exactly. Right away. Right, because we already know he's going to miss probably the first least, two games. Yeah, uh, and, and that's just a guess. Nobody really knows yet, although that's kind of like the baseline. Like, yeah, he's going to miss a couple. Like, hopefully it's two or three, not four or five. You know what I mean? Um, I was going to run through this right quick, Matt, just so people get a feel for what these chapters are. Um you know, to me, man, the first chapter is games one through 24, where he's just out the box as his fourth round pick. He takes Tony Romo's job, and he's uh, averaging 228 and a half yards a game with 39 TDs and eight interceptions. Who, I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. Then remember, Zeke gets hurt, and he gets sacked, like, what was it, eight times or ten times against uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. The, the, the turnstile at, at tackle. Who was that? Chaz Green? Chaz Green. Yep. And it just, I mean, from that, over the next 14 games, he was awful. He was 194 yards a game in the National Football League as a starting quarterback. 14 TDs, 13 picks. And then what did the Cowboys do, Matt? They're like, dude, we got to get this guy a receiver. They brought in Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper shows up for games, and this is a stretch of games number 40 through 69. All of a sudden, think about it. He went from averaging 194 yards a game to averaging 307 and a half yards a game, 53 TDs, 19 picks. Then the next chapter shows up after, he, you know, it's the chapter right before he, he breaks his ankle. And it's uh, 302 yards a game, man, 16 TDs, four picks. And then it's last year um, after he comes back from the calf strain. And he's 263 yards, man. He's got 21 TDs and six interceptions, which is fine. But go over there and look at his yards per attempt, Matt. that's atrocious, all right? I mean, you should be averaging seven as a minimum, eight if you're really good. Uh, Remember that 14-game stretch where he sucked? He averaged 6.69. Yeah. Those last 10 games when he came back from the calf strain last year, 6.94. If they're going to win and do any damage this year, Matt, he's going to average more than eight yards an attempt. There, you heard it. Yeah, and he needs to, though. I mean, anything less than seven yards in attempt in the NFL is a joke, quite honestly. Right. I mean, I don't even know what the hell you're doing. That doesn't even make any sense. But point. Now you could go deeper. I'm sorry, man. No, go no, ahead. you go ahead. You could go deeper and figure out why. You know, was he tentative? 
and unsure of himself because his timing got off with the calf strain and with the missed time in training camp because of the strain lat. You know, was it defenses taking away what he's used to doing and Kevin Moore, Kellen Moore not giving him enough options or not tricking it up enough to confuse defenses? Or was it Dak just being tentative and not throwing enough deep balls to loosen people up? I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, that sounds like something some enterprising reporter should ask a training <laughs> camp. Uh, uh, but those to me, the reason falls somewhere in that group and, um, you know, if he can re- recover and get back to being an aggressive guy, making good decisions, but being cautiously aggressive, then I think that's what this offense needs to, uh, to really get it going. Really, and he should. I mean, the reality of it is, and, and we talked about this, this is why we had the Dak hate hive. And we used to play the, the hive buzzing noise when we do the radio show a couple of years ago because of what we believed and what the Cowboys believed that Dak Prescott could be. Well, now is his time to prove that that investment that they made in him was the right investment. And, and I was all about it. I thought they should have signed him. I thought they should have signed him before they did. It cost him more money. We've been through this. We all know this. We're talking about a guy that's getting $160 million over the course of four seasons. And if you're going to pay a quarterback that kind of money, you're paying for results. You're paying him to be a guy who can, at times, elevate those around yeah. him like he's going to have to do for a while this season because we and look maybe Zeke comes back and looks like he did the first five games last year and Tony Pollard they figured out how to use both of them together and then Jalen Tolbert and again it's all these ifs that we talk about maybe Jalen Tolbert comes in like oh my god this dude's a burner he's wide open he's like Jamar Chase he's wide open down the field as a rookie this is amazing or it yeah. may be where it's CeeDee Lamb who's going up against the number one cornerback every time and then some guys and Dak has to find ways to make the plays to make this happen, but I'm not alone in thinking this. When you are getting paid the amount of money that this guy is getting paid and you are averaging $40 million a year, now's the time to prove it. No, it's, I mean, that's what it is. As we like to say, it's business, not personal. It's just, it's just what's required if you're truly going to go to the next level. And, you know, you can say whatever you want to about Tony Romo. Tony Romo was good about elevating other guys and getting them numbers, um, you know, and, and helping anonymous players become stars. And so what you're talking about Dak is it means you got to use your legs a little bit more uh, to, to make plays. You got to throw guys open. You just can't wait for them to get open. You got to throw them open. And it's the subtleties that is the difference between being a top 10 quarterback in the top five or six quarterback. Yeah, and that's the jump that he might need to make this year. Oh, no, dog. He need to make that jump. And that's No, he need yeah. to make that jump if they're going to do anything. And that's the key. Because the roster ain't that good, man. No, and we've gone through it. And, and that's why when – you know, I said this the other day when we were recording the podcast that it, it feels like this is a one of those maybe not seven and ten, but eight and nine teams, nine and eight teams right around there – and how much better can Dak Prescott make them? Can Dak Prescott steal you a game against Tampa Bay in week one or against Cincinnati in week two when he's playing Joe Burrow and he's playing Tom Brady? Is there a game this year where we might look at it right now and say, I don't know, you know, that Dak may not be the better quarterback in that game. Can he elevate himself in that game to be the better right. quarterback and win those games? You know, the, the Rams yeah. game against Matt Stafford, who just won a Super Bowl. Can he play at that level this year in some of these games? They're going to have to win. I can't wait to watch because he's the ultimate competitor. You know, he'll give you whatever he's got. That's not the question. The question is, is whatever he's got at his best, is it good enough? Uh, we've seen it at various times feel like it's good enough. And now it has to be again. Um, you know, when he had to be the man in 2017, 2018, you know, some of that is because Zeke was suspended for six games uh, for violating the NFL's conduct policy. Yeah. And then uh, the other part was they never gave him a number one receiver. I mean, like, Alan Hearns was supposed to be your number one guy. It's like, what the hell are y'all thinking about, man? Uh, so when that happened in 2017 and 2018, I think it's fair to say you wanted him to be that guy, but he wasn't ready to be that guy. You know, he wasn't. Yeah. Now he is. He's paid like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's shown you at various times he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now it's just about can you do it, you know, basically 13, 14, 15 out of 17 weeks. Yeah, because this is a team. I mean, this is a year. 
it's all supposed to, and I really feel like it was more so last year and with some of the moves they've made, you wonder what the hell the organization is thinking. But you got to get back to the playoffs, man. You've got to go to playoffs consecutive years. You need to have those back-to-back 10-plus win seasons. And this is a quarterback now in six seasons. He's been to the playoffs three times. He has one playoff win to show for it, that home game against Seattle in 2018. The other two times, obviously, I mean, granted, what Aaron Rodgers did in 2016, you just got Aaron Rodgers, what the hell are you going to do? But last year, you lose a home playoff game to the San Francisco 49ers. There's just no more excuses. And when you get paid like this, it's to get your team to the playoffs. It's also about what you do in the playoffs. And, and you and I have had these conversations, and a lot of you that listen to the podcast are familiar with this. Quarterbacks are judged on what they do in the postseason. And right now, what Dak Prescott has done in the postseason, he has one career playoff win, which I've done the math on this and the drafted quarterbacks and all that. I mean, it's, it's rare enough to have a quarterback that wins a playoff game, but he's got to do more. He's got to do more, and he's got to get them to the playoffs, and they've got to have some success in the playoffs. Well, I'm going to put it like this, man. Again, I, I think Dak's a terrific quarterback. But the bottom line is he was 32-16, and 16 in his first three seasons as a starter, in the last 37 games, the last three seasons, he's 21 and 16. I mean, that's five games over 500. That's mm-hmm. nothing to be all hyped about. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, again, and I'm not saying it's all his fault, but guess what? It don't matter. Um, he needs to be better. He's got to play better. I think he will, but we still got to see it. And uh, I can't wait because, like I said, Dak's the ultimate competitor, man. He's a good dude, and so I hope that he plays well. Yeah, it'd be nice. I hope he does, too, because if he does, it's good for everybody. And we've gone through that. I mean, we want the Cowboys to be good. I want him to be. Hell, I would like to have a, a, a T-shirt that is from not 1990s. <laughs> you know, and I, I was thinking about that today again. This is before I even started recording the podcast because I'm putting the finishing touches on my trivia this week. And I'm trying to think of, like, trivia questions that are difficult to some degree because these are, like, the last few questions of the night. And one of the ones that just popped in my head, that piece of trivia, who are the only three teams in the NFC who have not been to the conference title game in the last, what you know, 27 years or whatever it's been? And, and the Cowboys yeah, are in that grouping with Detroit it's, and Washington. Yeah, bro. It's so sad and depressing. It is. And the fact that every other freaking team in the NFC has been twice and they haven't even and been some, once. And some teams have been like four and five and six times. It's ridiculous. And, and think about it. Ain't been no Patriots-like dynasty over here. No. In the NFC. No. It's just because, and we say this all the time, man, when other teams have their good year and their opportunity, they somehow end up in the championship game. When the Cowboys have had their good years and their good opportunities, 07, 14, you know, 18, I think, they haven't done it. It's sad. It's frustrating. But Dak Prescott can break through all of that. And he needs to. He's going to have to be that guy this year. And Hell I hope yeah. he is. I, I think he, I, if he's healthy, like truly healthy, and he's really feeling good, I, I, you know, he's getting to that point where he's seen enough now. I think he's more confident coming back. He's not testing himself, coming off of a catastrophic injury like he was last season. I still believe yeah. in this dude, man. I still think he's a winner. But now he's got to win because I'm running out of time to, to get this point taken care of for myself. I mean, Plus, I, he's about to turn 29, man. Yeah, and, and I, you know, quarterbacks can go for a long time, but there aren't a lot of quarterbacks who got themselves to the Super Bowl later in their careers for the first time ever. It yeah. has happened. It has happened. But and a lot it can of the, happen. And it can happen, but a lot of the – I mean, the majority of those guys are going in their first few years in the league. And so we'll see. I mean, you're seven, man. I, and I don't think this is a Super Bowl team by any stretch of the imagination. But then again, nah, bro. maybe Dak can capture some magic and go nuts like he did before he got hurt. Who knows? <laughs> so we continue here. And let's tell you, as we always do about Freeway Tire Shop, JR, his crew, just wonderful people, the elite level of customer service that you're going to get when you take your vehicle to Freeway Tire Shop. It's just north of downtown Dallas. And Jacques can tell you better than anybody about the work that he does because he's worked at some point. JR has worked on every single one of your vehicles. Yeah, none this week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, JR is the best because outside of putting oil, oil in there and, uh, you know, a couple other things, I don't really work on cars. 
And so I got to have a mechanic I trust. And that's where JR is at the top of the class, man. Uh, and it started from the very first time uh, I met him with a car issue. He diagnosed the issue, bro. I mean, that's like rule number one. Can you just figure out what's wrong with the damn car? And then from there, man, he used he called me up and he offered me two prices on the parts. He said, I can use this part and you probably won't have this option, this this problem again. Or I can use these other parts and you might have it in a year or so. I mean, who's, who does that, Matt? Who tells you and says, hey, which part do you want me to get? Yeah. Because then it's on you. And you can make a choice which way you want to go. And then, bro, you know, he charges you a fair price. I trust him to do that. And I trust him to stand behind his work. And he's done that every single solitary time. He's the best. Uh, what they do over there is great. They get you done quick. They get you done fast and, uh, and well. And, you know, before he does any work, guess what he does, man? He'll text you or email you a quote. Hey, here's what we talked about. Here's what we're doing. What do you think? Boom. Don't get any better than that, bro. It's JR. It's Freeway Tire Shop. That's how they do it. You can experience it. It's not like it's just for Jacques. All of you guys can go over there and drop off your cars. Freeway Tire Shop. Schedule your appointment. Request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. So let's get into this trip around the block because I got a few things here. I'm always fascinated by heat. I don't know why. It's bizarre to me because I'm in Atlanta this week for SEC Media Days, and it's been oddly cool here. Yesterday evening, we were walking around at about 7.30, and it was 79 degrees. Oh, my. What is that? I don't know. And right now, it's 83 degrees as I'm sitting here. And granted, I'm in the hotel, but it's not even 5 o'clock, and it's 83 degrees. And I just saw this on social media. Dallas-Fort Worth on July 19th has set an all-time record. You just experienced the hottest July 19th that's ever been recorded in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, I was just out in it a little while ago, bro, and it was uh, every bit of 108. Now, maybe maybe it was recorded higher than that, but it felt like it. Yep, the um, the was, new record, is it was 109 degrees today, breaking see? the old record of 108. It was steamy out there, bro. Steamy. Uh, but, hey, somebody had to brave it. I had the gun show out, so I was feeling good about myself. But, uh, dude, I went out for long because I was like, ha, you're not going to catch me out here. Yeah, man. I mean, that is, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it is just mind-boggling the heat that DFW is experiencing, and that now makes it 24 triple-digit days so far. And I, it's, again, the average. DFW averages 20 100-degree days a year, already have experienced 24 of them, and... It, it looks like, according to the forecast, that, I mean, there's no break in sight. They're not expecting it to drop below 100 for at least the next 10 days. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a minimum of 101 to 109 each of the next 10 days moving forward from now on in DFW. Wow. I mean, it, it, it's insane the heat that Dallas is having this year. Hey, bro, they canceled uh, my grandson's uh, T-ball game uh, a couple weeks ago because it was too hot. Yeah, I believe it, man. I mean, this is one of the craziest things. So the month of July, there's only been four days below 100. Oh, you know, I just sat there and, I, you know, I'm in Birmingham next couple of days with the uh, SWAC Media Day. Oh, it's a balmy 92, uh, 93, 92. Ah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Too bad you won't be there. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be fine. I mean, I'll be back on Thursday. And the, the thing of it is, this is another thing that blew my mind. I saw this yesterday in Dallas. So yesterday, this would have been on July 18th, the high was 109 degrees. The low was the warmest low temperature on record. The low, not the freaking low temperature was 86 degrees. Oh, my. That's unbelievable. That's the, that's that's the, the low. low. How is that real? Crazy. My God. <laughs> so all you guys in DFW, I, hey, man, I feel for you. I really do. And you're going to be, I mean, Birmingham is, is hot. It, it gets hot and it's muggy and whatnot, but it's not, it's not nearly as hot as Dallas. And the good news is in Birmingham, while you're there, I would imagine the lows usually in the summer will get down in the low 70s. Hell yeah. So you're not dealing with that kind of stuff where you, there's never an escape from it. So I just thought I would throw that out for you. The other thing to throw out, and I don't understand how this is a thing, but we have lost our freaking minds in this country. 
And look, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can believe whatever you need to do with your life is what you need to do with your life. I do not understand where this is coming from, where people start forcing their beliefs on other people. Dude, it's, uh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I'm, you know, it's, I'm just so disappointed. Like, I thought we were past this. And it's like we're taking a, we're regressing and going back to, uh, you know, depending on who you are, where you are, you know, you know, back to the 50s or the 40s or the 30s or the 20s, man. A hundred years ago, because it's all about um, people trying to dictate what you can do. Yeah, and this is prompted by a story that you sent me, and I read this. Dude, before you say that, oh, I'm sorry, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It just blew my mind. it, It blew my mind. Bro, it blew my mind so much that I saw it on Twitter, and I went and Googled it to find a news story because I go, this this can't be true. Yeah, you wouldn't think it is, but it is true. Apparently, Walgreens, there are boycotts happening because Walgreens has, and it's not all the Walgreens. It's just a specific Walgreens, I guess, or or maybe it's a few of them or whatever. This was a TikTok. Somebody had posted like a TikTok story about this. And so a Walgreens refused to fill a lady's birth control prescription because the pharmacist at this particular Walgreens, it's against her religion. And she now feels, because they have outlawed and, and banned abortion in all these different places, that she can start doing this, I guess. What are we doing, man? I, th- this, is, this is so far beyond anything that should be okay to me that you are taking into your hands what somebody else wants to do with their life because you disagree with it. It's stunning yeah. to me that this is a real How thing. How about they call it a moral clause? Like, they have a moral thing that they... Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to put that in the hands of people to for, for an individual to yeah. decide, me, Jacques Taylor, I don't believe in this, so no, I'm not going to give you this medicine. I mean, where does it stop, bro? This is only the beginning. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I'm a Christian, but I got a big problem with Christianity and religious religion in general, man, because guess what? Everybody's not a Christian. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's any number of, you know, religions and the fact that people go around saying, well, because I'm a Christian, I think everybody needs to follow this. I mean, that's just asinine to me, man. And uh, it frustrates me to no end. Yeah. And it's, it's really unfortunate, especially in this situation where you you read this article, and I was trying to find, because there's a tweet on this article. Okay, so this woman, she's a 21-year-old customer, shared her experience, and she tweeted at Walgreens, what is your policy regarding dispensing prescribed medication? Do your pharmacists have the right to refuse service based upon religious beliefs? Walgreens' official account responded to her and said, our policy allows pharmacists to step away from filling a prescription for which they have a moral objection. At the same time, they are also required to refer the prescription to another pharmacist or manager on duty to meet the patient's needs in a timely manner. It's just, it blows, like, I don't, I'm sorry, man. I just don't know why you would take a job where you're like, oh, I'll do this, but I'm not going to fill this particular prescription. I have a moral objection to it. Well, do you have a moral objection to taking drugs for a variety of different reasons? Like, there's people who, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Like, there's certain prescriptions you can get. Like, oh, okay, well... I have this and this that's wrong with me, and I don't feel like changing my lifestyle, so I'm just going to take pills instead. You don't have a moral objection to that? Dude, I mean, we you can't get into the whole moral objection thing. I mean, it's got to be just some set of rules set up or whatever because it's, uh, it's not your right to dictate to me, bro, <laughs> what I choose to do um, from, from a strictly a personal perspective. I mean, it's just... It's asinine to me. It's very frustrating to me. And, uh, you know, I'm incredibly disappointed that so many people act like there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's really bizarre to me that I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't get it because to me, it's like, okay, so you refuse to fill the prescription. What are you, you're accomplishing nothing. Because guess what? Then the next pharmacist comes over and goes, okay, I'll fill it for you. Like, what's the point of you even doing that other than you, you're just inconveniencing somebody that you disagree with? 
I still can't believe that this is a real thing that is happening. And apparently it's happened at multiple Walgreens across the country where some pharmacists are just simply refusing to fill these birth controls and, and even like a purchase of a condoms at one point that they were at the checkout and they said that the guy rang up all their other stuff and refused to ring up the condoms and that this guy said, well, I'll, I can go and get somebody else who... I was like, then what's the point of you doing it? <laughs> Dude. Like, you're going to... you're gonna. You, uh, uh, and, uh, it's just... And, you know, you, you're going to help them take care of their baby? You're going to buy formula? You're going you're gonna to chip in on the uh, on a preschool, on a daycare, any of that? I just I mean, don't... On, I mean, so, like, what... like. If that's really how you feel about it, then why don't you go and lobby in Congress and, and, and become somebody that does that instead of working at a freaking store that sells them? Like, you don't mind working at the store where they're being sold, but you individually yeah. aren't going to sell them to the person. That I, I don't even understand this. Nah, bro. Go that's, figure. That's how I feel about it. Also, as I mentioned, I am in Atlanta where, man, I just got to watch a thunderstorm roll in. And that was badass because my hotel room is facing, I guess, the east because I looked at the radar. And I saw it coming like 30 minutes ago. Like this, like you could see it and it just kept slowly coming towards me. And then it finally hit the window. And that was kind of nuts because I'm so high up like I was talking about. But it's funny because you and I were having this conversation before we started recording. The hotel that I am staying at, and I find this really weird. So I can't remember what the rate for this room is. I think it's like for SEC media members, there's like a special rate. I think it's like $190 a night. And obviously, you know, the company that owns the radio station that I work for sent me here. So it's a business trip and they'll reimburse me and all this. But it is $55 a day to valet park here. $55 a day. You have to valet park here. Because this hotel is in the middle of downtown Atlanta. There is nowhere else anywhere near here that you could park at. (laughs) Nope. And I'm just sitting here going, they know that. They know that you have to park at the hotel. I mean, technically, if they wanted to, they could be like, oh, Valley's $100. And you have no choice. And so I was telling you, I was like, I don't know why. Um, Why not just first time? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know why they don't put it into the cost of the room. Like say, hey, hey, valet is ten bucks, and we'll all think we're getting a great deal, and the cost of the room is two thirty nine instead of one eighty nine. <laughs> I wonder if that would work, or maybe they should just say, you know, hey, here's the cost to stay at the hotel. It's whatever it is if you got to park. And if you're not parking, it's this. But you have to park here, you know. Like I, I, it's just, it's so insane to me, and they like overwhelmed. And then what's really weird. Is you're, I mean, because I'm staying at the hotel that's attached to where we did the show for Radio Row and when we right. were doing it for the Super Bowl. We're, we're at that Omni right there that's attached to all this stuff. Well, there's two different towers from the, for the Omni. And it's, I mean, the way this hotel is set up is really confusing. So when we got here, we valeted at the South Tower, went in, Uh-oh. checked into the hotel. And then when we went back down, we went to the North Tower. It's like, this isn't where we valeted before. And they're like... And I scanned the thing, and, and we were standing around for a while, and the guy goes, uh, do you have your ticket? And I was like, yeah, I, I already showed it. And he said, oh, your car must be at the South Tower. It'll take longer because we're the North Tower. I was like, so you guys aren't Bro. connected with your cars? I mean, what are we doing here? Dude, when's the first time you got valet parking sticker shock? Oh, man, probably at a hotel at some point. Because usually, like, a lot of restaurants or nice places that you might go, they'll valet for free. You just got to tip the guy. But a lot there's hotels. I mean, it's been a few years. But I remember, like, you know, it'd be something in a situation like this where I, I went to valet the car, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's $40 a day? Yeah. I seem to remember, and I can't remember what year. I was really, I could probably figure it out. But it was, like, early 2000s. And we were in San Francisco. Um, I can't even remember whether it was a regular season game or, or, or a preseason game. But I remember me and Todd Archer pulling up to the hotel. And you know Archer, he looks and he goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm like, what? He goes, look over there. And I, there's a sign on the wall that says, Valet, $63. In San Francisco, and this was at least 15 years ago. Bro. Wow. So I, I, I shudder to guess what it is now. Wow. $63. That was at least 15 years ago. 
Man, I mean, this is, I mean, this is nuts. This is nuts that I, I, I just cannot believe. Cause that, I mean, I've uh, four nights. So that means it's, what is that? $220 extra so I can park the car. Yeah. Just so you can park. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like at that point, I wonder what the flight cost would have been just from a round trip from Birmingham. It's probably less than that. Bro. <laughs> well, you know, that's where you have to. On the real, depending on um, what you're doing, you just had to figure out is it better to just Uber? Because yeah. at least I don't have the the nightly forty or fifty dollar valet cost. I just have the Uber cost, um, and so I'm kind of winning if I start off by going, okay, I was going to spend two hundred dollars in valet parking or parking. So how many Uber trips around town? This is going to cost me to rack up 200 bucks. Yeah, and that's it. went in the other way. I remember because I don't think, like I talked to my boss and, and I was like, hey, you realize it's $55 a day to valet park at that hotel? And he was like, is it really? I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you guys are covering that, right? That's ridiculous. He was like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's what the cost is. I was like, I mean, that's, that's crazy. He goes, yeah, I didn't realize it was that high. I was like, well, it is. So I don't know what to tell you, but here's how much money you owe me. <laughs> so give it back to me now. And then, you know, you, it's the whole thing. You got to get itemized receipts everywhere you go. And then you got to make sure, you know, like w- with the lady fiance being with me, it, like last night, I didn't care because her birthday was yesterday. So we went out and I was like, whatever. I mean, I'm just going to turn it in. They'll probably reject it. But, you know, that's all you can do. You just take all your receipts, you turn everything in and you see what they give you back. That's te- typical. I mean, it was that way when we were in Atlanta and Miami, the places that we went, you know, it's typical right, with cumulus. Right. Basically, you just turn in everything and see you know, what they kind of X off and what they're cool with to some degree. True that, true that. That's the weird thing about business travel is making sure that you get all that stuff and all those itemized receipts. Like, hey, do you mind print me out a receipt? I need a copy of all this. And then, you know, some companies will reimburse alcohol. Some companies will only reimburse, like, if you had two drinks, they'll do that. But if you had five beers while you were at dinner, they're like, well, we're not paying for all that beer. I'm like, well, why why did you pay for any of it then? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, companies are weird about that. Uh, and everybody's different, so you you just got to go with the flow wherever you're at. Yeah, and then it's kind of funny. I was talking to one of our guys about it because you know they'll, they'll reimburse our food and whatnot, but the my shows during the middle of the day, and they provide lunch for the media, and then in the evening, like tonight and tomorrow night, are these media events where food is going to be there as well. And I was like, man, I mean, I'm not even taking advantage of going and having a meal that they have to reimburse. Well, you need to work around that. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I'm going to have to go like have a fancy breakfast or something. And, and yeah, you got you got to do something. You, you just got to make it even. You got to feel good about yourself one way or the other. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm going to have to look into doing something of that nature, I, I suppose. You know what I would be really nice would be if I have to go to Dallas and technically it's a business trip, then we could go to Smokey John's Barbecue and I could expense it and we could get two jam session bowls. Hell yeah. We wouldn't have to worry about splitting one, which you can. I mean, you can split a jam session bowl. It's plenty of food for two people. But I'm telling you, man, Smokey John's Barbecue, that jam session bowl where you get to pick whether you want made-from-scratch mac and cheese, made-from-scratch mashed potatoes, you get to pick what you want. They top it with two different types of meat of your choice, top it with cheese and Smokey John's Barbecue sauce and all that, only available to jam session listeners, too. It's not even on their regular menu. It's the secret menu. You ha- I mean, I've always thought that's the coolest thing. You have to listen to the podcast to know that this is even a thing that exists that you can order. Dude, you got to be a winner to get the uh, Jam Session Bowl because that means you've been listening to the show so you know it exists. <laughs> and it's delicious. Imagine how you can, yes, imagine how you can impress your friends when you show up and you go, I like Jam Session Bowl, please. Oh, it looks delicious. Where is that on the menu? <laughs> it's not, my friend. You just have to know. It's a secret. And so there, there you have it. Uh, Smokey John's is fantastic. The food is fantastic. Uh, very rare is the person who can finish the jam session bowl by himself. Uh, we've seen it done, but it's very rare because a lot of food, man. A lot of food. Clearly, two people can split it. And even then, normally you take some leftovers home. But check this out. Even if you don't live in DFW, you can still get a taste of Smokey John's by going to SmokeyJohns.com. Click on the Marketplace link. Order the sauce that Matt loves to drink straight from the bottle. Mm. Or try to rub, man. Smokey John's uses it on everything. It's delicious. And you can have a little taste of Smokey John's from anywhere from, an, uh, what do you call it, Amityville to Anchorage. 
Amityville to Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, I did that thing. That's awesome. I did that thing right there. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, but it's true. Isn't Amityville <laughs> where Jaws attacked? I think it is. No, nah, that's where uh, the Amityville Horror was. Maybe maybe he attacked there, too. Yeah, what was the name but of the know, place? Chris where... from New York was from Amityville. Yeah, that's right. I thought Jaws attacked Amity. Maybe it was Amity Island or something. I don't know, bro. I ain't even going to lie to you. Yeah, Amity Island. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fictional. It's a fictional beach town of Amity, also referred to as Amity Island. So maybe you can watch Jaws while you're eating a jam session bowl. Who knows? You can figure it out. Smokey John's Barbecue, man. They're the best. Check them out. You're going to love it. Also, of course, HFX Foundation Solutions, full-service foundation repair company. They'll take care of you no matter where you are in the DFW area. With all this crazy heat that DFW has been having, it's not good. It's bad for your foundation. So if you start noticing those cracks, sticking doors, soil washout, those types of things, call them because it's a free, no-obligation inspection, and you're going to want that peace of mind. 817-770-0174. HFX Foundation Solutions, man. This is, you know, we talk about this. Foundation is, this, you don't play around with it. You don't mess around with foundation. Nah, bro, there's no need to. Uh, not when you got Aaron and his team around town. All you need to do is pick up the phone, give them a call, and let them give you the peace of mind that comes from knowing there's nothing wrong with my foundation. I mean, hell, the weather is ridiculous now, man. It's hot. That can lead to soil issues. It leads to foundation issues. You don't even want to mess with that thing, man. Next to the IRS, foundation issues might just be the scariest thing you hear from somebody. So give Aaron and his team a call. Let them help you out and give you some peace of mind. Exactly. It's easy to do. Or find them online, hfxfoundation.com. They'll get you taken care of. So a couple other things to jump into. One of those, you sent this over, and I always find it interesting, and I, it, it's weird because I do this too, but Madden 23 is about to be released. And every year, player ratings have become like this deal where certain NFL players get pissed. <laughs> I mean, they get like apparently Jamar Chase was not rated as highly as you would probably think. And he took to Twitter to like let them know about it because I think he was rated like an 87 or an 89 or something like that. Right. And he was pissed about it. Like, like these players, they legit get irritated about their Ma their Madden ratings. Dude, it's a uh, it's a sign of respect. Plus, you're talking about a group of players, primarily, especially a guy like Jamar Chase. He grew up playing Madden. He didn't spend his whole life waiting to be in the Madden game, bro. As a, as a true superstar, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so to get what you think is less than um, a stellar rating, especially when you're Jamar Chase. That will piss you off because you deem it, you see it as a lack of respect. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Whatever that weird noise is. What is that? I don't know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I heard it and I was like, it sounds like you're like unfolding like a xylophone or something <laughs> weird. <laughs> Jacques making his secret noise as usual. I mean, I don't know what it I was, is. I was having an OCD moment. Something was out of place, and, and I've looked at it for 35 minutes. I just couldn't take it anymore. I had to move it. <laughs> and I was trying to move it silently. Well, but apparently, you did once it. again, you, I have failed. You would make a very bad ninja. It was like the time when you <laughs> farted, and you're like, oh, you heard that? And so did everybody else about? who listened to the entire podcast. I have no, I have no recollection of, of what you're referring to. Oh, man. No time do I ever remember passing flatulence on the air. Well, it definitely happened. I, I certainly recall it, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I will say, though, back to this Jamar Chase thing, I would agree with him because he did get an 87 overall rating, and he's outside the top 15 wide receivers in ratings on the game. And that seems ridiculously low to me for Jamar Chase. Yeah, it does. But who's ahead of him? I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I guess well, I mean, 15 yeah, other wide receivers. Um, Man, you know, you can't get that caught up. Because sometimes you get dipped because your awareness is low or something else is low. It's not like your speed or your catching or something like that. So, I mean, you got to keep it all in perspective. And if you don't like it, man, you do what I used to do with the ratings come in. You change them. Yeah, that's exactly well, what I know, do. Back in the day, in my opinion, because I played quite a bit, they didn't make the best players dominant enough. Like, and we're, you know, and so I would go in and I would change the best, you know, back when Emmitt Smith was playing back in the day, 
I would just, yeah, I wouldn't make him like 99 speed or something, which to me Emmett wasn't, but he might have 99 tackle breaking and elusiveness and agility and all this other stuff, which when combined with his regular speed made him, you know, pretty much unstoppable because he was pretty much unstoppable. Um, Or, you know, I would do that for Marshall Falk or Barry Sanders or whoever, you know, the star running back of the day was, Adrian Peterson, Uh, you know, whatever. But I would try to always give the best players – try to make them as unstoppable on the game as they were in real life. And uh, I think only recently his Madden started really putting numbers out there and giving guys 99s across the board or 99 speed, 99 acceleration, yeah. 99 agility where they can really get up and go and make things happen. Yeah, it was weird too because I saw that Micah Parsons, his matting rating on his speed was lowered from a 93 to a 91, which I thought. How did I do that? What are you talking about? Like, he's probably the fastest linebacker in the game. And I I will say this, because I I have Madden 22 that I got last year for Christmas. I went in and and made Micah Parsons speed a 99. (laughs) And I don't care. (laughs) And I made, like, I I upped CeeDee Lamb. I upped Tony Pollard. I was like, these ratings are stupid. Like, these are fake. They're not even real. I don't believe in these at all. So that's just how I like to do it. I mean, I try to keep them like I don't make all my players a 99. You know, like I didn't go in there and make it to where Dak was a 99, but I probably made him like a 93 or something. <laughs> you know, and I just, well, you guys know how I like to play Madden. I play Madden yes. for fun. I like putting up a bunch of crazy stats. I like winning. I like beating Philadelphia 92 to 10. I mean, it makes me feel good when I do things of that nature. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, the fact oh, that I own every record in every season and game ever is, it's a lot of fun to me. I'm like, okay, what's the record for receiving yards in a game? 336? I'm going for 350. And I'll just throw it <laughs> CeeDee Lamb a million times. It's okay, bro. Do you think? Yeah, but I do think it's interesting because obviously Jamar Chase is, it shouldn't be that low. It, I also don't understand, like, Micah Parsons being a second-year player, he's rated an 88 overall for his position. And, like, they, lowering his speed, I just don't get anything you saw last year that made you feel like he was slower than what you originally thought he was when you put him in the game as a rookie. That blows yeah, my I, mind. I don't know it, bro. I, I, I don't understand that whatsoever. So who knows? No, it makes no sense to me, bro. But again, like you said, like if you have a player and you're pissed off at the rating, you you just go in there and fix it. You change it. <laughs> like I yes, think it's stupid. You, so, you know, like somebody like a Dak Prescott, you go in there and you look at it and his toughness rating will be like an 87. I'm like, are you kidding me? I always put that on right. 99. Like that's so dumb. Toughness? What does right, that even right, mean right, in right. a video game? Uh, you know what? I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, maybe I should Google that. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. Like what does that mean in Madden? Actually, I don't know what some of those ratings mean in Madden. Okay, toughness I can see. Okay, toughness is how quickly a player can recover from an injury. A higher okay. toughness rating allows players to recover more quickly and lessen the chance that they could be re-injured. All right, I'll buy it. Interesting. Okay, so... If it's in the game, it's in the game. Yeah, bro. I guess so. Yeah, there's some of that. And, you know, I look, I, I like speed, so I, I probably made the Cowboys wide receivers a little faster than they are in real life on the video game. But I like when I drop back, and that's what irritates the hell out of me playing Madden, is I'll put guys' speed on 99, and supposedly the, the opposing cornerback can run down the field with them. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Maybe they just get maybe they get better acceleration or something. I don't know, but even then, <laughs> if they accelerate, that makes sense. But eventually, my receiver would just like fly right past them. No, you you know it's a uh, it's Madden. Well, you know, bro, there's a setting that uh, let me see, I forget which setting it is, but it it uh, what's the way you describe it? It makes the true difference between like a a 99 speed yeah. and a 79 speed. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know, because there should be a significant difference. There's some setting, depending on how high or how low you raise it, magnifies that difference, which is really what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to have to go through and figure that out. Like, I just found apparently there's a Madden fandom wiki page that you can go to, and it breaks down, like, what every single one of the ratings mean and all that type of thing. 
So oh, yeah. Interesting. I might have to look into that. <laughs> so the other thing to bring up for you here is these Texas Rangers, man. The all as, as we record this, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon for you guys to listen to on Wednesday and on into the future of the All-Star Games tonight. The Rangers, of course, with Martin Perez and Corey Seager. But more so than that, the Texas Rangers stunned. I mean, they stunned the baseball world on Sunday in the amateur draft. When the Rangers have a draft pick that high, I actually do some reading on the draft because I'm curious. Right. I mean, they, they got a chance to get one of the top three players out there available to them. They had the third overall so pick. Read, so you read all about Elijah Green? I read about Green. You know, really, I mean, <laughs> I think everybody was hoping and like you read, like maybe it was Levi Weaver, Evan Grant, or, you know, maybe it was Jamie Newberg. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. But it was one of those things where Andrew Jones, yes, Andrew Jones, the center fielder for the Braves for many, many years, one of the great defensive center fielders of all time, his kid was going to be probably the number one overall pick, Drew Jones. Matt Holliday, the former outfielder, his kid was going to be the number two pick, Jackson Holliday. Well, Drew Jones, they said, you know, in a lot of these mock drafts was going number one. But then I read some things that was like, well, you know, if they want to go under slot, then there's an opportunity where maybe he could still be there at three. If one of these teams decides that they want to go under slot, then Holiday or Jones could be there because those are the two best players in the draft. And then, right. like you're talking about, you know, there are some other guys like uh, the Johnson kid who's a high school second baseman. Brooks Lee, who is a high school, I think, or I can't remember. He's a shortstop. Elijah Green, like you're talking about the outfielder who I think most mocks had Elijah Green going to the Rangers. I can tell you straight up, there wasn't a single mock that anybody wrote anywhere out there that had Kamar Rocker going third overall to the Texas Rangers. They, When I saw that they picked him, I think I said out loud, I was like, holy shit, the Rangers just drafted Rocker third overall? This is a guy that some people thought might be there in the second round this time around. Now, Rocker, for those that forgot, was drafted 10th overall last year by the New York Mets. They discovered right. some medical issue that scared them away, and they did not sign him. He had to go play independent ball for a year and then re-enter the draft where the Rangers snag him up with the third overall pick. Now, who does this remind you of, man? Man, the Cowboys. There you go! That's, that's the first thing I thought about was, this is a Dallas Cowboys-type move. It's a guy who you shouldn't have access to, Sean Lee, but he's there. He's got tremendous potential. If you think that whatever was bothering him has been fixed and is good to go, then let's grab him and let's see if we can get a player we don't deserve, um, you know, at a spot, you know, we didn't think he'd be there or he would yeah. normally not be available. Um I love the boldness of the move. We'll see if it works out because baseball is hard, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, first, you have number one picks overall in baseball that can't play. I mean, it's a very difficult sport to play. Um, so, but I love the boldness of the move. And if it hits, man, I mean, more power to you. And if it misses, I'm still like the boldness of the move, it's okay because the guys you're probably going to pick – were high school guys, and who the hell knows half the time how they turn out. Yeah, man. I mean, it's this is one of the wildest drafts because this is the type of draft that it, it, I think it was Levi that wrote this. This is the draft that could either solidify what you're building for the next decade or gets the entire front office fired. And it's, oh no, I, I believe that, bro. They took Rocker third overall because they did not believe that he would be there for them later in the draft, and he wouldn't have been. They obviously right. were sold on him. They talked about his medicals. They did their homework on this. There apparently is no concern on their end of this. He now gets to join Jack Leiter, who was his former Vanderbilt teammate. They pitched together in college. I mean, a year ago when they were going into the draft, probably up until the, the month before the draft, Kamar Rocker was like going to be the top overall pick. And then he, he, yeah. fell, he falls to 10, and then all his medical stuff comes out. What else is insane about this draft? One, they get Kumar Rocker third overall. Two, they got a dude named Brock Porter in the fourth yeah. round who most people projected as a top 10 pick. In, the, in either the first or probably if, he, if they were guaranteed he was going to play, would have been the first high school pitcher taken. 
I mean, it, it, it's stunning that they got this dude in the fourth round. Brock Porter, and, he's, a, he's a high school kid out of a prep school in Michigan, right-handed pitcher. And the reason why they got him in part is they drafted – and both these guys are, are represented by Scott Boris yeah. for whatever that's worth. But they got Rocker. They got him to sign and go agree to a deal of $2 million on the slot because mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball, everybody's got a slot. Well, you got a certain amount of money, and each, each of the first 10 picks is assigned a slot. And you can kind of play with the money, but you can't, you know – you can't go above the slot, I believe. Um, well, I mean, you can, but there's some rules to it. But basically, they got Kamar to go less, to yeah, take less. Way less, yeah. Like $2 million less. And then they told Porter, hey, if you'll come, we can give you this money that's you know way above the slot that you're supposed to get. And, uh, you know, because I, I don't know why other teams didn't try that approach. Or maybe they were, they just weren't ready to try it in the fourth round. I mean, uh, but anyway, they pulled this guy, and frankly, I, I'm almost more excited about this guy because he ain't got no injury history. No, he doesn't, <laughs> and and he is. I mean, he Baseball America had him as the seventh ranked prospect in the draft. Yeah, it, it, and now and, and and the best prep high school pitcher in the country. I mean, so you've got an opportunity, and if you hit on both these guys and you can get Porter signed, which you got to think, like what you're talking about with Boris, you got to think Boris was like, hey, if you can get to this number, he'll sign. Yeah, I think there's no way they take him there if they if they don't already have that worked out. Um, so, bro, and so you're like, you know, they've already got some guys in the minors who are, you know, a year, a year and a half, two years away. And I'm not even talking about, um, you know, lighter. But you start to dream the dream now. And you're like, dude, five years from now. Dude, the dream is very real at this point. <laughs> you could, the Texas Rangers, known as, you know, the last of the beer league softball teams, they could have a rotation for the ages. I mean, uh, we, we could have Homegrown yes. young guys. I mean, th- this could be, you know. In, just these three guys hit, you'd be like, hell yeah. You're going back to the 90s Braves. You know, I mean, granted, they yeah. traded for for Greg Maddox. He was a Cub originally. But, you know, Smoltz, Glavine, even Steve Avery for a couple of years. You know, and you threw Maddox into that rotation. I mean, you're talking about the potential right now is on the paper for the Texas Rangers to have that type of devastating rotation with Leiter, Rocker, and Porter as your one, two, three. And Cole Wynn, who's probably going to be at the major league ne- level next year, and everybody's talking about how this dude's the real deal coming through the system. Yeah. Um, bro, you can never have enough talent in baseball because what you can't use, you can trade. Um, but I, uh, whatever you said that Levi said about this is a draft that could yeah. really make the franchise, I thought about it instantly, not just not when they got Rocker, but when they got Porter because you just got two guys. There's no way you came in the draft thinking, oh, yeah, we got these two guys, that you would have given anything to get these two guys. And we all know pitching is at such a premium that if these guys, if you can hit on these guys, I don't even care what else happens with the rest of this draft. If you hit on these two pitchers and they are what their draft pedigree says they should be, you know, guys who win 14 to 16 games on a regular basis. Dude, you throw that with Lighter, who should be in that same conversation, and all of a sudden, man, you should have a – you could have – you know, kind of like you did last year, man, a five- to eight-year run where you're just kicking ass, taking names, and, you know, the question is how many titles do you get? Yeah, I mean, that, let's let's dream it while we can because they've got some people coming up, and this Porter kid is a dude that can throw over 100 miles an hour with his fastball, and they said he had either the best changeup or second-best changeup of any pitcher in the draft, college or high school. I mean, we're talking about that level of this guy. Control could be an issue from what I've read about him, but when you're throwing 100, 102 mile an hour heat, who cares if you can control it, quite honestly? I mean, you know, people will swing at it. So, I mean, you try not to get overly excited because what are the chances knowing the franchise history that all three of these dudes turn out? But, again, what if they do? You know? I mean, God, man, this could be awesome. You know, the thing about Rocker is when he, he was throwing like 98, 99 yeah. at Vanderbilt, then he had a precipitous drop in velocity. He was back down like 94, 96. Um, but 
if you listen to the independent league stuff that I read there and you hear from Pete Incavillia, former Texas Rangers star, um, he's back up to throwing 98-99, which, which would make you think that his, his shoulder is fine and whatever they fixed is, uh, you know, is, is been repaired. Yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be very, very interesting to see how these guys develop. I also thought it was interesting because I was reading some of the the press conference they had after they drafted Rocker, and it was Chris Young, who, of course, is now the general manager. People, I think, forget that John Daniels moved up as president of baseball operations. So it was Chris Young and Kip Fagg, who is, I guess, their assistant general manager. And they were talking about, like, what does this say about building for the future? And Chris Young, like, flat out said that the expectation of the franchise is to compete and be in the playoffs in 2023. And I was like, holy that's, hell, that's interesting. Because that makes... Year, brother. I know. And that made me wonder, are they saying that in a sense that, like, Jack Leiter is in the rotation next year and Cole Wynn? Because those dudes would be... I mean, how many rookies can you have in your rotation where you really feel like you're going to compete for a playoff spot because neither one of those, I mean, maybe they get called up at the end of the year, but why would you, you know, you don't want to mess up anything service time wise. So I don't know. I thought, I just thought that was an interesting answer. Yeah. But I think, I think that's the answer that you want to hear. I mean, the range has been bad for a minute now. Yeah. It's been rough. <laughs> I mean, let's go try to win. And they, they, you know, the Mariners who have been red hot swept them the four right before the All Star break, and so Texas, Ooh, yeah. who had kind of been flirting with five hundred, they're now back down eight games under five hundred, forty one and forty nine. Man, you know, it, it's not happening this year. I mean, it wasn't supposed to happen this year, but I just no. But you know, it's interesting the, to me. Outside of uh, Perez and Gray, their starters have been trash. But the bullpen's been worse, man. I mean, they've blown so many leads yeah. after seven innings. I mean, they should really be about a 500 team. But what is it that we always say about bad teams, man? They find ways to lose just like good teams find ways to win. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, the good news is we've gotten used to them being like one of the two or three worst teams in baseball over the last couple of seasons. And this year, they're only like the ninth or tenth worst. <laughs> so there's that. You know, I will say it's, it's wild to me, too. I was looking at this just because I was looking at where the Rangers were sitting in, in regards to the rest of the teams in baseball. I think one of the travesties of this day and age that we have gone through in the last few years is how bad the Angels have been with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on that team. Bro. Like, it, it is nothing it, for them. I know. It, it's amazing that you can have two players at that level and you're trash. I mean, they're worse than the Rangers. And they haven't been worth the crap the entire time, basically, that Mike Trout's been on the franchise. And now you're Shameful. wasting Otani. And not that, like, I don't like the Angels. Obviously, they're a rival. But when you have players at that level, you, you know, you'd like to see guys like that get an apps, like, uh, just a better shot. The Angels have not had a season where they have finished above 500 <sighs> since 2015. Damn, has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that that's just... And you have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on your team. Takes more than two to win, baby. I know it. And if that, I mean, my God, you talk about, I mean, it's, I almost feel like Major League Baseball should tell them, look, you have to trade these guys. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, ridiculous. Man. You know, you suck. Like, we got to get these guys in the postseason. I was talking to my good friend Calvin Watkins, who covers the Cowboys for the morning news the other day. Now, he's a huge Yankees fan. He grew up in New York City. He's a Yankees guy, true and true. Uh, as big a Cowboys fan as you are, he's a Yankees fan. And he's just slamming the Rangers. You know, in part because the Yankees are like 50 games over 500 already. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, you know, the Yankees, the, the Rangers didn't do this. I mean, they got Simeon and Seager in the middle. Those guys was brought here to win. And I'm like, dude, do you think two guys can overhelp your raggedy Rudy Poot rotation in a bullpen that's a gasoline can? Well, they, they, they need results. They spent $500 million on them. And I was like, okay, we don't need to have this conversation no more. Because two guys, you know what I mean? Two guys ain't enough, bro. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. You got to have more than that. And that's why you look at the teams like the Yankees. You look at the teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox. The teams that can develop some young stars of their own, but also can go out and buy the big name guys. That's what it takes. 
That's yep. what it's going to take. And, and you know, the Rangers last year in the offseason recognized we got a chance to sign some of these guys. So they did that while knowing that it may be a year or two before the youth that's in this system. Josh Young's going to be a part of that as well as a cornerstone at third base for the future. You know, it feels like they've hit on some of these picks in the last few years. And I think in the next year, 2023, 2024, you're going to start seeing that paying off a little bit with Texas. And it, 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 look, this can be, everybody knows the Rangers are a lot of fun to watch when they're good. And DFW supports winners. You know, those, yeah, yeah. if nothing else, Dallas-Fort Worth will go out for a winner. So enjoy sitting in empty stadiums with cheap tickets now because in a few years, you're going to be fighting for World Series tickets again. Hell yeah. I already told one of my friends when this draft happened, I, I simply responded. I said, World Series champs 2027, mark it down. Mm. And you guys heard it here first. Five years from now, the Rangers are winning the World Series. All right. So, Matt has spoken. There it is. There it is. That is the podcast for today. I'm hoping we will have a podcast for Friday, but I just in case, I want to let people know because my schedule on Thursday when we normally record, I don't know if I'm going to – because, like, I'm at the hotel, and I don't know if I'll be able to in the morning on Thursday. And then the next thing, like, I got to go do the show, and we got to check out, and I got to get back to Birmingham. So we may not be able to record one for Friday just because of my schedule and what's going on. Hopefully we can. I haven't seen what's going to happen for me on Thursday yet, but – if we can knock one out for you guys, we'll have another one for you on Friday. If not, freak out. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. We will have podcasts for you again next Monday. But I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there because I know anytime we miss a day and we don't let people know, we always get a bunch of, which is awesome. I mean, you guys, what's wrong? Where's the podcast? Is it, you know, which is great. I, I think it's fantastic. You guys are so on top of it looking for that. So just keep that in mind. There's not one on Friday. It's That's the reason why I just sadly couldn't figure it out with my schedule but i hope you enjoyed this one and we will either talk to you on friday or we will talk to you on monday have a great weekend have a great week we'll talk soon thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course you can also find us on twitter at mcmatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.